Before we get to our episode, I wanted to give a quick reminder that my new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, which I co-wrote with a good longtime friend, Robert Cheek, uh, that is available for pre-order. It comes out on June 15th, 2021. And uh, anytime up until then, if you pre-order the book, you'll get a big, huge package of bonuses that Robert and I have put together. So in addition to all the great information we've packed into The Plant-Based Athlete, including meal plans and 60 recipes, plus a day in the life of 25 top plant-based athletes, you'll also get this incredible package of bonuses. Uh, But you got to do it before the book comes out on June 15th, and that's at book.nomeatathlete.com. This episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers for a personalized action plan. Save 25% today when you go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Doug, the weather is getting warm. I can stare out my window as we record and see our pool and people gallivanting. Wow. You know, you're moving up in the world, Matt, when you when, when you have a pool out your window. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't really. But uh, <laughs> it, you know the weather's getting nicer when people are in the pool. That's That is. We can conclude that. This was uh, the first week of summer break from my older daughter's preschool mm-hmm. and uh and they we broke out our little mini inflatable pool oh yeah and I love uh, so i've been yard pool i know there's fun i've been watching uh watching them splash around all week in the in the pool out from mm-hmm. my office window longingly looking at them <laughs> enjoying the <laughs> a beautiful day while i click clack away on the computer yep you know, Doug, you're not supposed to leave in, in in Black Mountain or Ashley. You're not supposed to leave those pools out in the yard overnight. You don't, do you? For bears? Yeah, bears will get in them and pop them. Ah, we do leave ours out. Ooh, can't do that. I can't do that. I, should, we should, I gotta tell <laughs> How do they get warm if you can't ever leave them out? How do they what? Will they ever warm up? Yeah, right. I don't know. I guess they won't. Yeah, Maybe you I, gotta, that's, a, that's the thing, though, run. right? I guess so, yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, speaking of pools, my son has been into, so he's homeschooled, as I think people know, uh, and this doesn't really have to do with homeschool, but I've, I've, we've struggled to get him into science. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I should say we've struggled to get him into anything except for what he absolutely has to do in homeschool, which like when we started, that I was, I envisioned all this like love for learning and exploring all these different topics and like doing what he's interested in. Well, it turns mm-hmm. out he's only interested in soccer. That is literally the only thing he will want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so that has the, the learning part, you know, we, it's been fine with, with the required um, math and the writing and reading and stuff. But like, as far as like sciences, I figured, well, we'll let that kind of be, you know, cause you don't, you don't really need to build much of a foundation with science. I don't think until you get to higher ages. Um, so we're like, well, we'll just, we'll just do what, do what he naturally goes to. Well, he doesn't do, go to any of it, except finally he found this guy uh, on YouTube named Mark Rober, who is a scientist. I think he's a former NASA scientist. Oh, yeah. I know, you know that him? guy. Sure. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty good, I think. I mean, it he's the glitter, it, the glitter... Uh, yeah, glitter bombs. Yeah, the glitter bomb guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he makes these like fake uh, porch packages that people steal, and then when they open it, they get glitter bombed and fart sprayed and all this other stuff, and they get on <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> Which was you know there's not too much science that goes into that that thing, but uh, or in, into the teaching of that. There's not too much teaching in those episodes, but uh, but a lot of the episodes there is some some amount of teaching, not enough to like 
really learn, but enough to make you interested in science. And that's that's the value that I have gotten from it and having Holden watch it. But anyway, um, he did an episode that I saw, I don't know, who knows how long ago, but I, I saw it yesterday, uh, to like calculate how much pee was in a typical pool. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the amount wasn't like staggeringly bad. I think in a, in a like normal size pool, uh, you know, like a, like a normal size community pool kind of thing. I think there was like 13 gallons of pee. Okay. Uh, which, you know, when you think about how many gallons are in a pool and I don't know what the number is, but that's, that's really not that many. Right. Um, but the, the way they calculated it was, using an artificial sweetener that apparently is in so much food that people eat. Maybe not many people listening to this podcast, but I'm sure that it still sneaks in in a lot of places. But it was just in tons and tons of, like, regular processed food. Um, and apparently it passes right through your body. Your body just won't digest any of it, and therefore it shows up in your pee, and that's how they can measure in the pool. So they just pull the water from the pool and see how much yeah, and that just, sweetener's you know, in there? divide by, you know, wow. concentration. How interesting. Yeah, but uh, the the part that I thought was most interesting, and this is the actual gross part, is they they did a test where they took two tubs of plain water. One of them they put in, uh, sorry, in both of them they put in. I think it's chloramine, whatever the whatever the the thing in when you when they buy chlorine and put chlorine in a pool, uh, whatever the the actual single smallest chemical i don't know anything about chemistry by the way uh whatever the, <laughs> really? the most kind of fundamental <laughs> piece is uh, yeah. I, 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 it might be chloramine i don't know but anyway okay. they put a little bit of that in in the same four times the concentration that would be in a pool they put one in each tub and then in one of the tubs they put some tiny amount of of pee and then they three days later or something opened up the lids of these tubs and looked at them and looked the same they smelled each one the one that just had the chlorine stuff in it didn't smell like anything because he was testing whether or not, you know, if that, if the typical pool smell, you get that chlorine smell that everyone knows if that's really due to chlorine or if it's due to something else. And it turned out that the one that just had the chlorine in it didn't taste, or sorry, didn't smell like anything. The one that had the pee in it, that's, that's what gives that, that's what makes it have that pool smell. You what? need to have the pee. To have so if you have smell. a strong pool smell? Any pool smell. If you, if you smell it all, he couldn't, you couldn't smell anything in the normal one. So Ugh. pee is what basically activates that you know i guess Gross. it works with it so that smell that everyone you know he was saying is like this this uh uh what's it, nostalgic kind of smell like like i, I was like it it's it, it, like if you get in a hotel pool like indoors yeah. it's like it's very strong sometimes and it's too much but it's something about it i still enjoy i'm sure it's not good to inhale but uh-huh. uh right it just i don't know it just reminds you of fun and pools but uh yeah that's that's pee oh i know well, way to way to pee all over my summer, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, good good channel though, Mark Rober. Yeah, great the, channel. And yeah. I actually, so I was watching. Uh, this, this is funny you say this because I recently watched one of his videos. Is that was a like squirrel one? Did you see that? No. Okay, I think it's like maybe it's one of his latest latest videos. He has, sets up a squirrel obstacle course. <laughs> it's amazing. Um. But he was sharing about how his new, like, uh, science class that, you know, where you can build something. So maybe Holden uh-huh. will be into that. I've, I'm trying to get him to do one of those. I think it'd be great. Awesome. Well, let's see. I guess let's I, see. Can, I can give an update, but, you know, we're seven minutes in now, so I don't think I need to. 
<laughs> okay. Well, let me <laughs> let me quickly talk really quickly about our book because that has been literally all I've done for the past uh, week and a half or two. I've been I've been making a lot more nomad athlete content, emailing nomad athlete lists a lot more. I've even gotten myself active on uh, my personal Facebook and Twitter again, <laughs> which which is a day I thought would never come. Uh, but anyway, it's just, I don't know, the book it, doing well, and that has gotten me excited to share more of it, and also to sort of share more of like what I'm doing day-to-day and fitness and my diet and all that stuff. Um, so I've been doing lots of stuff, but the book is doing awesome. Uh, currently, as we record this, it is number one in vegan diets in on Amazon, which uh, took us quite a while to get there because the, the other book that keeps being number one is, is a totally non-vegan, more mainstream, uh, skinny taste book, I guess it's called with shrimp on the cover. So it we've we've uh we've knocked off the the non-vegan book, which is good. Actually, um, all of like the top 10 appear to not actually be vegan books. Yeah, a lot of them really aren't. It's it's a mess. But anyway, we despite all that, we've prevailed. We're the number one vegan book for now. Might not last there for too long um until we start pushing again. But anyway, um it's called The Plant-Based Athlete and it's you know, the culmination of 12 years of my doing this for my co-author, Robert Cheek, culmination of 25 years in this plant-based fitness space. Um, we interviewed a ton of plant-based athletes, top level elites, Olympians, pros, um, to get their tips, to learn how they do a plant-based diet for sports, why it's so good. And then we boiled all that down into, uh, you know, well, into 350 pages of nutrition tips, the day in the lives of all these athletes, uh, the recipes contributed by the athletes themselves into basically, you know, a, a manual for being a plant-based athlete. And I think it's, it's comprehensive. It's authoritative to me. It is kind of, hopefully I, I know it's my own book, but like to me, we wanted the, this to be the definitive guide to being a plant-based athlete. And uh, I really feel like we've done a very good job of that. So if you want to check it out, uh, it's at book.nomadathlete.com. And if you're listening to this episode near when it comes out, it's coming out on Thursday, May 27th. Uh, now through next Wednesday, so you've got about a week, um, Wednesday, June 2nd, we are giving away not just the other four bonuses that are pretty good that come with the book itself when you pre-order it, um, but also a free Nomad Athlete Academy module. And these things all cost $27 if you were to buy one, which is more than the price of the book. So you can buy the, the book or the ebook version for like 15 bucks if you wanted, uh, or the hardcover <clears throat> for 25 bucks. Um, but anyway, you basically get get the value and something you can use immediately the book comes out june 15th but you don't have to wait you can use the uh use the academy module right away to train for a half marathon train for an ultra marathon and a module that you doug wrote for us um you know there's there's uh, meal plans in there there's mindset programs there's yoga there's meditation like you can pick any one of these you want and get started on that immediately so that when the book comes out um three weeks from now you'll you'll have you'll be already going headed towards your goal so uh, check it out, please. Book.nomedathlete.com. Uh, you'll see tons and tons of, of endorsements from superstars in the plant-based world. And uh, I'm really proud of this book, and I hope you will consider uh, supporting and pre-ordering it. I I don't have a ton to add, except that I have two. I too have been spending more time on this. I, you know, of course, I haven't. I wasn't a part of any of the writing of the book or, or anything up until like a couple weeks ago, really, when when I got to check it out for the first time. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about the book and, and reading it and looking at it. And uh, I, I don't know. I just think this is a, an incredible book, not just for the new plant-based athlete, but for anyone who is uh, who is plant-centered or plant-based or vegetarian and um, and wants to eat well and, and perform well. Yeah, good. Well, that's what we were going for. And uh, 
I'm glad to hear you like it, Doug. <coughs> so check it out, book.nomadeathlete.com, and uh, I appreciate it. All right, so this week's topic uh, is one we've talked about before. We've done episodes on this before, but recently I, I kind of really went through it. So I kind of wanted to revisit talking about specifically how how I've handled it this time. And, and that challenge is how to eat healthily when you really don't have the time. So we've done when you don't have the time before, but this is when you really don't have the time. Uh, because I feel like I've definitely had periods where I've been busy and just couldn't manage to eat in the normal way I have been. But the past two months, I think, I mean, I've definitely talked about this, but for those who haven't been keeping up, um, my son and I are currently living in Charlotte, where we are for soccer, because he got a really good soccer opportunity with an MLS uh, team. And so we came here for that in an apartment. My wife and daughter were here too, but then school started up because my daughter was in virtual school for a while, but then real school started up back in Asheville. So they have been there for the past two months finishing up. Thankfully, that period is almost done. So the girls will be joining us in Charlotte where we're going to move permanently. Um, but I've had two months of you know me and Holden living together and me having to do his homeschooling, me having to drive him all over the place to soccer, which many days was two-hour drives to Greenville, uh, and many other days is, you know, 25-minute drives, and these are each way. So uh, a lot of stuff with that, him try- trying to get him a new club in this Charlotte area where he'll play next year. Uh, I mean, just a ton that, that scratches the surface of the amount of work that's gone into the soccer, uh, plus trying to do actual work, promote a book, write a book, uh, along with all the normal responsibilities at Nomad Athlete and complement uh, an 80-20 plants. So it's, in other words, it's been the busiest I've felt in, in a really long time. I have I have so much respect now for, like, single parents. I've, I guess I always assumed that that would be really hard um, because we always get people asking questions like, hey, I, I just don't have time for this stuff you guys are recommending. Like, what do I do? And I always, like, try to give answers, but now I actually get what that would be like. And, and I have it easy. I mean, I, I work from home. So granted, I have to homeschool, uh, which a typical single parent might not, but some do, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, so it's like if you had, if you had, even if you have both parents working like nine to five out of the house jobs, um, even that would be really, really hard. But to be a single parent, even with just one kid, I just, I just can't imagine how people get that done. So I, I have tremendous respect for those who do, and a slightly broadened, better perspective, I think, about, uh, you know, what it really takes to to manage to eat healthy with so little time. So I've coped. Uh, I've certainly eaten worse than I did before that. Uh, but I had to completely change my cooking just to, you know, get food on the table. Basically had to stop cooking. Uh, and we started eating a lot of frozen meals, but I still had to, I just, you know, just can't let everything go. So I kind of found ways to, to cope and still get us some healthy foods. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. And Doug, you went through this not all that long ago with having your second child, right? Yeah, sure. It's not uh, not the same as being a se- as a single parent, but uh, having a second child and the chaos that kind of comes with those first couple months as you're adjusting or readjusting to um, life of the baby, you know, it 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 really significantly limits the amount of time that you have available to cook and take care of yourself and do the things that feel like givens uh, when when everything's running smoothly and when you have a little bit more time. So. Um, I have I have gone through this to some degree recently, and um, yeah, I don't know. This is a, this is a good discussion because I think everyone at some point in their life is is going to experience a time when they just don't feel like they have 
any time to take care of their fitness or to, to cook healthy meals. And, uh, and so to have some coping mechanisms, some tips or, or strategies for dealing with that, I think is, is really good. Good. Cool. But I think we need to, since last week we talked about your warrior diet uh, and how basically <laughs> you didn't eat for, you know, you don't, you only eat one meal a day. And I think we do need to uh, maybe address that, you know, how some people aren't going to be eating that way. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's true. But partly that was an adaptation to this. Right. So okay. like that's, that's actually one of the things you could do is like, if you want to do like intermittent fasting at its, at its most hardcore. And I haven't done this, but like, well, I guess I, I do something closer to it now, but I, I still have some snacks during the day. But like, you know, the, the most extreme form of intermittent fasting, at least that is popular, I think is what, a four-hour window or a six-hour eating window? You, you might know better than yeah, I Yeah, I think 18. Uh, yeah, so 18 Sorry. hours of fasting, so that would be six hours. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got a kid, like, you're not necessarily going to want to put them on your intermittent fasting diet. But if you're by yourself and you're just busy, because whatever, you have a crazy busy job, uh you know, picking an eating uh, or a diet or a way of eating that, that is that, that wouldn't be the worst choice for you because then, then you don't have to worry about food for 18 hours a day. And, you know, most of us don't already because we sleep for a lot of that time, but like that's just to have to cook just a little bit is actually a, a, for me has been a useful, uh, strategy. So, um, like, Let's see. I, I guess I didn't want to go here quite yet, but okay. Uh, Sorry, I didn't didn't, didn't okay. mean to didn't mean to jump ahead. Uh, I was just listening to you do the intro, and I was like, you know, last week we kind of talked about this. So, so where where would you start? Yeah. I guess if if we're not if we're not jumping into uh, the fasting section, where would you start with? Well, I think one of the things that has sort of emerged for both of us as a theme, and I think it, I think for a lot of people, um, this happens is you you eventually the longer you eat a plant based diet. Uh, or maybe this is true of other kind of healthy-ish diets too, uh, you start to get away from this concept of like a square meal, that, that a meal mm-hmm. must like satisfy all these criteria to be a meal. And this to me happened in a time of, of stress or at least a time of where I didn't have a lot of time for things. Uh, and that was when I was on my first, a book tour for my first book where I was driving all around the country and just didn't have have a way to eat square meals. If I did, it would be like getting a Chipotle burrito, and that wasn't the healthiest choice by any means. So um, I, I started getting like, at least I would be mentally satisfied. I would sort of check it off as like a, a satisfactory meal if I just got full on healthy food. And that really changes things. You don't have to cook food for that to happen. You don't have to do any preparation for that to happen. It's just sort of, if you get yourself full with healthy food, uh, and and you mix that food up like you wouldn't want to always all the day all the days just eat you know six apples or eight bananas for your dinner, uh, because eventually if you do that you're going to be eating too much of one food and not enough of others and you'll probably be missing out on certain nutrients. But like if here and there you need to do that and you just like <clears throat> I don't know eat make a smoothie for dinner, um, out of out of you know for me it's walnuts flax seeds strawberries bananas sometimes I throw some spinach leaves in there. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty healthy, you know, pound of food that I just ate. Um, it doesn't look anything like a a square home cooked meal that mom made, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's probably a lot healthier than, you know, most people's vision of what is a square meal. It certainly is. If you think about what a typical standard American diet dinner looks like, uh, that smoothie is such a better choice than that. So 
that's kind of what like it it this all to me stems from um and so that's that's sort of one strategy you could do is you can just throw out the idea of meals altogether and say i'm gonna have healthy foods on hand and i'm gonna eat them when i'm hungry and that's that that doesn't lead to i think the most satisfaction because most people don't want to eat apples or bananas or you know a smoothie for dinner uh or just have a giant salad for dinner which you could also do um but i think the idea like i think the idea is really important to realize that like you don't have to have the traditional looking meals in order to be healthy and so what i kind of did was found and this is this is along the same idea is like some of the very healthiest foods that we eat they don't take any preparation at all so to say that you're so busy you don't have time to eat fruit in the day that doesn't that isn't a valid excuse because fruit is is a super convenient snack now certain times maybe it's hard to travel with it or whatever but like almost all grocery stores have it you're not always going to get it organic but but you can always find fruit and you can snack on that throughout the day and if you're back to your the, the the fasting thing like if you're not trying to eat three big square meals per day and you just snack on fruit throughout the day throughout the day then you've, you've suddenly eliminated you know maybe two-thirds of the challenge of of eating healthy foods when you're busy um nuts are another really healthy food if you can get raw nuts that's good my son won't eat raw nuts very much he'll usually want them salted or some kind of flavor seasoning on them um and i'm kind of the same way really but so like we've had a lot of nuts that we just have around and so now we snack on fruits during the day and nuts during the day uh what about veggies i mean veggies are super important salad though salad takes almost no time to prepare so i was finding that one of the ways i was really failing as a as a healthy eating parent or healthy eating healthy diet promoting parent was i was not getting veggies on the table for us for dinner when we were just like scrambling like we'd get home we'd go out to soccer practice we'd leave at like four o'clock so we're not going to be eating dinner at that point and then we'd be home at eight when you know that's that's pretty normal but it's not really this time to start cooking dinner and then have it on the table by 8:45 so that you're done eating by 9:15 or 9. I mean it's just it's just too late to be uh really healthy especially for a kid. So where I was failing was getting the vegetable on the table. Like I could I could whip up a quick thing of pasta and I would start using jarred sauce instead of making my own sauce. Um but whatever, that's just that's just how it is. Uh or stir fry or you know, well stir fry would would be an exception cuz that that's uh easy. But like a veggie burger, like a seitan veggie burger. Mm-hmm. You know, easy to get that on the table in five minutes, but it's not a whole lot of nutrition in there. And it was happening that we were just eating that and we weren't having the vegetable. So I realized like salad is really the easiest vegetable to, to get. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be so, so healthy for me to like, not, not healthy. It wouldn't be, the food wouldn't be eaten if I, instead of cooking the broccoli that would be ideal, if I just put a big pile of raw broccoli on the table next to the veggie burger, that raw broccoli is not going to get eaten by my kid or me, honestly. But if, if instead we just try to eat a salad, which takes no time to reach your hand in the big salad bin, because I'm not try, not talking about chopping up lettuce or doing things that might be ideal. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about chopping a ton of different vegetables, which might be ideal. Just buying one of those big tubs or clamshells or whatever they are of spring mix or baby kale or 50-50 spinach and arugula. Like You can get some really healthy greens and cruciferous vegetables. Um you can get those like that. And then, you know, you, you don't have to make your own dressing. That's the ideal for sure. But like some some extra virgin olive oil and vinegar or even like my son, I don't know, he found some kind of uh, dressing that he liked in the store that was like an apple, I don't know, apple something vinegar. And I looked at the ingredients and it wasn't terrible. So he had that. Um, 
But I think like I think people assume are you, that like, are you eating just the greens or are you throwing like carrots or anything else on there? Just the greens. That's which is that's actually usually how I eat salads anyway. Um, I mean, if if my wife's around, she'll want to make put all kinds of stuff on there. But if it's just me, the greens are what I care about the most. That's the food that I'm tend not to be eating in the day, and that's what I want a salad to give me. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, the point is, it takes almost no time to to make as big a salad as you want. If all you need is a big mix of different greens, um, right. it doesn't take any time. So, like we have fruit, we have leafy greens. We have nuts, all these foods that people probably should be eating more of. None of those take any time to prepare at all. So, I mean, you can base, you could base almost your whole diet around those foods and you'd be fine for a long time. Again, I don't think that's the perfect way to eat. You'd want to be eating some beans, which by the way, you can dump on a salad also in no time. Um, there's some more, well, I guess you get fats and nuts. Like, I don't know, like that, that diet wouldn't really be that bad of a thing. There's, I, I think you should get some grains. I think that's a good idea. And those usually take some time to prepare. Um, but the point is, you can get a whole lot of healthy food in, in no time at all. So that's sort of the strategy that I did. And, and basically what it was, was I sort of flipped what I, I've typically assumed that like, you get your nutrition during your big meals. What I started to look at, look at this, the angle I started to look at this from was, what if we just our, our meals aren't going to be that nutritious. It just, I just don't have time to make the meals that take 45 minutes or an hour or whatever when it's this situation. So what if our meal is, is kind of our, I don't know, our indulgence thing or like our, let's do the best we can to fill ourselves up, but it's not going to be our healthy food and let's get our healthy food the whole rest of the time mm-hmm. so that, so that we can make a smoothie for breakfast. Uh, you know, lunch, it might be leftovers from dinner or it might be, you know, some combination of snacks, like all the things I've mentioned now. Um, snacks, of course, will be more of those snacks. And then our dinner is going to be the meal that, that is our least healthy thing of the day. It might be the seitan veggie burger. Um, and, and maybe we can get a salad with it. And so, like, oh, or, by the way, frozen foods. The frozen stuff, I think, is is has come such a long way. Um, there are some really good ones from Plant Pure, who, you know, has that cookbook and that movie. Yeah. Um, they're, they have frozen meals, and I don't know if they're discontinuing or something because one of them was on clearance in the grocery store, so I got like six of these, uh, I think they were pad thais or something. Or, no, they were they were Thai curry, I think. Um, but they're like whole food plant-based. Like They don't even have oil in them. Hmm. Uh, and I think I got like six of these for two fifty each. And like they were decent-sized meals. I don't know if they were 350 calories each or something. Like They were, they were decent-sized frozen meals. Uh, Sweet Earth also makes some. They're not as healthy as the Plant Pure Nation ones, or not the Plant Pure Nation, but the Plant Pure ones. Um, Purple Carrot has ones you can buy in the grocery store now. That's right, they do. I think I've seen those in Whole Foods. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just in Publix, Publix or Harris Teeter. So we don't even have a Whole Foods that near us. Um, that would have helped even more if I'd gone there. Um, but anyway, the, the frozen foods were decent. So like that, that would be our our dinner, and and we did get sick of the frozen meals. Like we just had so many of them that we got tired of it. But that it's not going to be that healthy, but there are still vegetables in there. And a lot of those vegetables are, you know, they were frozen when they were raw or they were just cooked and then frozen. Uh, like they're not, they're not completely devoid of nutrition just because they're frozen. Um, even more so if you like go buy frozen broccoli or frozen uh, peas or whatever, like, you know, lots of frozen vegetables. That would be a, if you had a slightly more time and you could, you could orchestrate getting a second dish on the table. Frozen vegetables is a great option because you don't have to chop them up. And like I said, a lot of the nutrition is preserved or even better in frozen foods sometimes because the frozen foods, they can actually wait till they're at the peak of freshness and nutrition 
and pick it then and then freeze it immediately. Um, whereas if they want to, you know, if you want to get, uh, I don't know, and I don't know anything about the logistics here of, of this specific vegetable, but like, uh, I don't know, broccoli or whatever, like they need to, they need to pick things in advance of when they are frozen or in, when they are ripe and ready so that it has time to be delivered to the grocery store and then bought and then consumed. Um, otherwise it will, it will spoil much faster. So they need to pick them before they've they've had the time to really develop the full nutrition that they could. So frozen gets around that, and though you lose some nutrients in the freezing, um, you know the the net gain or net, net loss may not be that much, or it may actually be a net gain. So anyway, the point is don't ignore frozen foods. Um, but my bigger point was like <laughs> <laughs> those frozen meals might be our dinner. That's not the healthiest food we can eat. But like let's let's at least for us for the past few months it's been let's stop thinking of the meal as our chance to get all our nutrition. And all the things we eat throughout the day that are quick and easy and don't take any preparation at all, let's make those the healthiest choices we can make. And in that way, make sure we're still getting fruits, veggies, nuts, and seeds throughout the day. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I have some twists on it uh, okay. for, that I have experienced myself. But why don't we take a real quick second to thank our sponsor? Okay. Every day there's a new wellness trend. Eat this, avoid those, do that. You know, don't eat apparently. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How do you know where to start or who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, your DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized science-backed trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. I just recently got my Inside Tracker kit and my blood drawn this week, um, and I I opted for the version where they actually have come somebody come out to your house and draw it. It took five minutes, and uh, and then they were on their way. But wow. I think you can also you can also go in to a doctor and get your blood drawn that way if you want, and then you just send it off. And a couple of days later, I think I think tomorrow actually I'm expecting my results. Very nice. Yeah. Their blood tests include biomarkers that are key to performance and that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin or vitamin D. My favorite part, they don't just give you the data. They provide you with a nutrition and lifestyle plan uh, to help you take action. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering Nomad Athlete Radio listeners 25% off their entire store. Go to InsideTracker.com slash NMA. Changes an inside job. Start inside. I will be sad when we're done with the Inside Tracker ads, Doug, because then we can't uh, insert our topic of that episode into the new wellness trend line at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Just eat that, do this, avoid those, and then whatever we're talking about, this, whatever, yeah. we just totally undermine any anything we're talking about by putting it in the list. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so I do have a, a little twist on this, uh, in that, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I think that the the kind of we call them kind of makeshift meals or made up meals mm-hmm. where you're just kind of grabbing some nuts and nut mix or, uh, and some fruit or fruit with nut butter on it or something like that. You know, I yep. can't, I have so many lunches that are essentially just apple with, with nut butter on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of ties me over until, you know, along with the smoothie or something, it ties me over until dinner. Um, but, one thing we do a lot of, we did a lot of it right after Chloe was born. We're doing a lot of it right now because it's summer and we have a garden full of greens and things like that. Um, and that is is making 
massive salads that can last us a couple days. And, um, and we'll eat those for lunches. We'll have them as sides for dinners. Uh, they, they literally, you can make a salad that will last you three or four days. Hmm. You can make that in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so we're, we're doing more than just the greens. We're doing the greens. We're dumping on beans, uh, seeds, nuts, carrots, sometimes tomato. Although if you, that will kind of make something like, unless it's a cherry tomato or something that'll make your salad soggy after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to find the, the vegetables that hold up really well. Uh, for for a day or two, you know, after being cut, um, add all that, dump it in, have this huge container, and then uh, and then you can have it for dinners, for you know, for snacks or, or for lunches. So, uh, oh, and then you add like one thing. I we we get fresh sourdough bread every week. I know you're a bread baker. I'm sure you don't have time to do that at the moment, but um, I'm, I'm not a baker. My wife is the baker. Your bike. Your wife's the baker. Okay, yeah. she's not here at the moment. Okay, well maybe she'll be bringing the bread. I hope to so. you. <laughs> better. But we pick up we pick up a couple of loaves of sour, sourdough every uh, every week, and mm. um, you know, and so then I'll have like a slice of that along with the salad, uh, yep. and so then I have a little bit of grains, and then a big old salad, and and that's that's a meal. I mean that that satisfies every piece of a meal, and it's incredibly easy and and very healthy. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I definitely get in rhythms like that when. For whatever reason, I'm into a new salad. If I've like found a new recipe for some Italian big salad with certain dressing or whatever, uh, or like you, if you get the garden going, yeah, I mean, if you can, especially if you have whole wheat bread or whole wheat or sourdough bread with it, like that, that can totally be a meal. And uh, I think for so many people, it just doesn't count as a meal. And for me, for the longest time, that didn't count as a meal. I just wouldn't. I don't. I mean, even the old days, like if I would make pasta with red sauce, like before I was vegetarian, it wouldn't really count in my head as a proper meal if i didn't put ground beef in there Mm -hmm. uh but if you just do this long enough or i guess hear us say it enough you can get (laughs) past it and past that point where like i mean that's just such a such a conditioned thing in your head that this has to you have to have this extra substance in there for this to be a meal uh when that's not that's not at all how people probably ate for hundreds of thousands of years so it's like i don't know it's just it's just strange that in a few hundred years we probably even less than that uh, our, our whole concept of a meal has started to form that it has to be this certain special thing when mm-hmm. it truly doesn't. So salad and some bread, some beans if you want, some grain. Whatever. I mean, that's a great healthy meal, and most people won't yeah. won't eat that as a meal. And even, even if you're not, like we will often eat that for dinner, at least at least maybe twice a week, like a big mm-hmm. salad with nothing cooked uh, other than and the you, bread. And so do you, like that, I still, and I'm, I'm perhaps as good as anyone, uh, I want that dinner to be warm and like check the box of what a dinner should be comforting. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you have to get past that or is it just cause the weather's warm and it sort of feels good to eat light? I mean, I, I guess I just kind of got past that. You know, the bread, I think if you, especially if you toast it yeah. or if you make yep. it an avocado toast or something like that, um, <clears throat> yeah. you know, you, like, that. like that, that will satisfy, to me that satisfies the, cravings for some sort of warm mm-hmm. you know substance I don't yeah know. Uh, but yeah i think you just got over it i mean i think we, we've just done that we, you know we we certainly don't do it year round two days a week but um you know we've we've had i've had salads for as a dinner for a long time now uh and you know i think for 
even if you're not doing it for dinner, even if you're just doing it for lunch, which I think people generally have less like attachment to a big heavy meal at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're yeah. just doing it for lunch, I mean, that's a great way, like you, what you were saying to kind of have something that is super easy, portable. You can eat it uh, at the office. You can eat it, um, you know, at soccer practice, whatever. Uh, and, and it kind of knocks out a bunch of the nutrition or checks off a bunch of the nutrition boxes so that at dinner time, if you don't have time to eat a bunch of healthy foods, at least you've gotten that earlier yep. in the day. Yep. Cool. Good. Um, well, I got a few more things that, that just are either I left out or little, little extensions, but anything else for you? I, I think you guys did. I think we talked a lot about, about shopping, uh, uh-huh. and ways to do that. Cause to me, that's like, that is the, the breaking point basically of my whole plan that we and I and I found it like in in uh, it's probably been I think it's been six weeks now that we've been in this situation. I've actually only gone to the grocery store maybe like four times, and they're not huge trips. Uh, it's just it's just one of the things where like to go to the grocery store itself seems like this just impossible thing to get done during the day. Um, mm-hmm. And I was never like my wife always handled the the food delivery stuff during COVID. So if if you are fluent in that process, then that that could probably make it way easier because then at bedtime one night when you got a little bit of time, just figure out put in an order and get it the next day. Um, but I didn't do that. I, I was going to the store, and I think that's really like the perhaps we always talk about anchor habits and like if you have just one habit that's going to hold everything else together. I think that's probably the one that you absolutely have to have. Is you have to have this healthy food around mm-hmm. because if you don't, then it all just starts falling apart because then right. then you get hungry and you have nothing and you get miserable. Uh, and or you usually just end up making the worst choice, worst choices. So maybe we would start eating just like whatever plain white bagel we had in the freezer from who knows when. Uh, like that would become breakfast instead of the smoothie because we didn't have the smoothie. And like that's when it can fall apart because that's then you're eating, you'll start eating all unhealthy food. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you have to make time for the shopping trip. I think the online shopping thing is great. Delivery that that really would make this easy. Uh, but if not that, then like. You've just got to find a time in the week when when you do it and you realize that even if you don't... I guess the thing about shopping is like if you do it before you really need to, it doesn't feel like any huge great reward. It's almost like a like a fitness, like going to the gym. Right? It doesn't immediately reward you, but you know that if you don't keep it up, if you don't keep up this habit, it's going to... Everything will mess up. So I think it just needs to be a discipline. Uh, you need to do it. I, I, I'm the type who, who just lets that sort of thing go and procrastinates and then, it, then it's too late. But... Uh, yeah, That's you know, I don't have a ton of good advice on this right now because it has been a while since I've had a good shopping, for better or worse, um, maybe not something I'm super proud of, but we have almost almost switched exclusively to to delivery uh, mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic, and it's just been it's just been such an easy thing for us to keep going now that yeah, even now. Um, because it's just so it's so freaking easy. It's, yeah, it's so it's nice great. to have your food just like arrive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't have a ton of advice. You know, the other like big thing that we do is is in this this is the case when you're shopping at the store or shopping online is is have a like a list of staples that are just always on there, um, and they'll always include healthy food and they'll always include the ingredients for a couple of our uh, other staples. So, you know, Cause the other thing we do with dinner a lot is um, have 
a rotation of a couple different meals or variations of a couple different meals that, that we have, you know, essentially every single week with, uh, with the, the variation being, you know, if it's, for example, um, a pasta with a red sauce, a lentil roni type thing, we do that all the time. But the variation is, you know, do we have steamed broccoli or do we have green beans or, you know, what, what's the like kind mm-hmm. of green or vegetable that is accompanying that, that meal. And, and we have, you know, we can make that um, pasta dish in 20 minutes and we'll have it for two meals for dinner and maybe lunch the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and the varieties with the, with the green. So, um, or with the vegetable. So, you know, but, but if we have those on the shopping list, uh, whether that's an online shopping list or one that you're taking with you to the store, then, you know, you always have these, these meals that are quick and go to, uh, and you always have the ingredients for them when you need to pull them out. Yep. Good. Um, that reminds me a little bit of the batching batch cooking advice. People always give that advice batch cook on Sundays or whatever and do all your chopping mm-hmm. and do all and do all. I know very people very few people who actually do that when I've tried to do it I I tend just tend not to do it it's just one of those again mm-hmm. I don't know I'm kind of a procrastinating type and to do all that work on a Sunday to prepare myself for Wednesday and Thursday it just typically doesn't happen I I just don't really do it yeah uh, I, I, we have never ever been able to do that but <laughs> the exception is that if you are cooking something like that salad or uh a soup, especially something that freezes really well and does does or or stays stores really well. Um, just doubling the recipe, having twice as much, so that you yes. can at least get a second meal out of it. And then you're not batch cooking for the entire week, but you're, you know, you're making it twice as big, and then you just have extra. Yeah, and like if you're making a super stew, like that's that's no brainer. Just make a double amount of it. It takes you no extra time because mm-hmm. I mean it might be a little more chopping of ingredients, but like very minimal. The forty minutes of simmering time is is almost the same amount uh it just doesn't change that much and suddenly you get all this extra food that you can freeze uh which reminds me of that cooking for the freezer idea i was doing because there was a time when for mm. a, a couple months uh I, w- I was on sundays actually doing things like that i was making big stews for lunches and dinner on weekends but i would make a giant batch of it so that after that lunch or dinner we would also have it in the freezer and we could eat, eat it again the next month or two weeks later or whatever um yeah, I think there are a lot of efficiencies like that that you can find uh, that don't require you just to start, you know, doing a bunch of prepping when you're not even going to eat it. Uh, let's see. Similar, on, we've we have like a my wife has made frozen pancakes from a recipe from Heather Crosby's Yum Universe book. Uh, like for years, that's what my kids eat for breakfast, and uh, that's another perfect example. Like, and that's one she does. That is a batch cooking job. She makes I don't know seven batches at once or something. <laughs> And then they freeze, and then the kids have pancakes for a month, and wow. that's what they eat. And it's good. It's like I think they're they're gluten free. Not that I really care about that, but uh, they have like three different I don't know almond almond meal, chickpea flour, oat flour, lots and lots of healthy stuff in these pancakes, and very little sweetener, which is just maple syrup anyway. Um, so those are good. Uh, yeah. So that's that is my batch cooking. Um, Anyway, my other my other few little things I left out, um, I forgot. Like there were a few foods that, that are just no brainer. When you mentioned the peanut butter on apples, I, that reminded me that several times during this period, uh, we would just make peanut butter sandwiches for the car ride. And like it's it's not there's no living greens in there. It's not it's not a healthy meal that is a great dinner, but probably better than the seitan veggie burger choice. Uh, and it and it takes no time at all to put the almond butter or peanut butter onto bread. Not something that you're going to be satisfied eating every day for dinner, 
but you know it's such a simple food that I think we overlook it and think that can't be our meal. But have that with some fruit on the side, and like that's that's a pretty healthy lunch. It's not not the worst thing you could be eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, there's some some decent whole wheat bagels you can get uh, and put put nut butter on those in the morning. We did that a good bit, and then the uh, the Amy's frozen burritos. We have a microwave in this place, which which makes that practical. It's not if you don't, because then they take an hour in the oven. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean those things are the Whole Foods has a similar black bean burrito that that are vegan, and uh, you know then you can actually get some good nutrition in, and you get some beans, which is a good thing, and they're super simple and they're actually very satisfying and good. My four year old will devour those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's crazy. She never. <laughs> I mean she. It's like by far the most food she will eat at one setting. It's, it's <laughs> one of those burritos. She eat the whole thing. um all right last thing i have here is uh juicing so i've gotten into juicing because of the warrior diet i never was into a juicing before um but partly the appeal for that was i'm not eating a whole lot of vegetables right now so i'm gonna try to make them for my one meal a day because the warrior diet has just this one big meal at the end of the day and by the way this is you can see how well this fits the idea i've been talking about that you have snacks throughout the day mostly just fruits a little bit of nuts and vegetable juice, uh, and then you have this one big meal at the end of the day. So you only need to cook that one time. Um, of course, if you're living with someone else and you're cooking for them, then then there's more cooking required. But uh, <clears throat> for for just you, it, it's a very limited amount of cooking. Uh, but the juicing really has been has been good, and I've kind of realized that benefit of it. In the past, when I would think about juicing anything, I would always I guess I was more of a purist, perhaps, and I would say it's not good because the food's meant to be eaten as it is. It's a whole food. It's what you want the fiber with it. It's going to help you to absorb the nutrients. Um, but in, in this, you know, more trying time and I'm stretched for time. Uh, so if I can get in, in the couple minutes it takes to prep the veggies, if I can get a bunch of celery, uh, five carrots, a tiny apple, a thumb sized piece of ginger, a lemon, a cucumber, a beet, I think that's all the stuff that goes in my typical juice nowadays. Uh, if I can get that in such a short amount of time, like I know that's not the same as eating the vegetables. It's not. Uh, it doesn't include the fiber and and a few other nutrients. But like compared to eating no vegetables or just having the salad at, at right before dinner time, um, it it's not nothing. You know that that's a whole lot more total vegetable nutrients than I would get even if I had all the time in the world to to cook veggies. So uh, I'm not trying to argue that you should replace whole vegetables because it absolutely should not. But as a convenience thing. It, it's so much better than not eating vegetables, I think. Uh, and at least, and you can do it very, very quickly. So I, I've been happy with how that works. It feels good. I don't know if it's actually, you know, the healthiest thing, but I've been enjoying it and uh, goes well with that, with that warrior diet. I like it. I have one final admission here, Doug. Okay, let's hear it. After about a month of this, <laughs> you know, just clawing on for survival, I finally called my mom and said, can you please come help us? Because <laughs> I just can't do this anymore. Uh, and so then she came and it all got so much better when she did. Cause she started making us real dinners with vegetables in them and, you know, taking care of a ton of other things too. So I owe her a tremendous thank you, which I've given her in person, but she listens to this podcast. So she'll like to hear it on here too. Um, but yes, I figured I, I should admit that, right? I'm not, it's not like I have all the answers and, and have made this amazing thing work. It, it's, it worked for a while and it was okay, uh-huh. but, uh, it, it's not nearly the same as, as eating real food all the time. Nothing better than mama's cooking. That's <laughs> really not. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, well, I think this is good. I think this is some good tips. And, you know, whether you take it to the extreme, like, you know, like you were kind of forced to or you have, 
or whether uh, you just kind of deal with it as on those busy nights and, and busy days and treat those a little bit differently, that uh, hopefully there's something here to take away. Yes, I hope so too. Um, if I may, one more reminder, please, about the Nomad Athlete book. The Sorry, the Plant-Based Athlete book. Uh, it's at book.nomadathlete.com. If you pre-order it, which I would tremendously appreciate if you've if you've liked our work over the years, so much of it, which is free, uh, and you want to support, I would really appreciate that. And you'll get a free Academy module if you uh, pre-order it before June 2nd, Wednesday, June 2nd, and then you forward us your, your receipt at support.nomadathlete.com. And then you can get started right away on that academy module, whatever whatever it is, whichever one you pick. Uh, and in three weeks, when the plant-based athlete comes out, actually two and a half weeks now, uh, you'll get that too. And uh, can't wait to hear what people think about it because I'm very proud of it. Very great, very awesome. Thanks right. everybody. Thank Matt, you. Appreciate good to talk. It. You too. Happy you guys Memorial next week. Day, everyone.